You're listening to Cat and Penda on Fan Service Radio. Hi, everybody. I am Cat. And I am Penda. And we're going to have an amazing show for you today. Basically, we are going to be dissecting the Snyder Cut, finally released, hype over what is actually it's all about. And then we're going to swing right into South by Southwest. But first, let's talk about what we're sipping today. What are you drinking today, Pinda? I am drinking um, an Angry Orchard. I had a wide variety this afternoon and I settled on uh, an Angry... I, I, I like hard ciders. I'm not a beer person. Mm-hmm. So I, I settled on an Angry Orchard, the unfiltered hard cider. And, you know, I'm being a heathen, I'm just drinking out of the bottle. <laughs> a heathen, you savage, you. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you drinking? Uh, actually, I have settled on a robust, sweet California red, which I have taken and all of the decadence of that robust flavor and put in an adult sippy cup that says <laughs> boss lady. Nice. For the sophisticated savage in you. <laughs> was this was this robust California table wine? Was it a screw top? Oh no. Only box for me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, I do have, I have a little one of those. It, it says it's, it gives you three glasses worth, but we know that's a lie because that just means your glass isn't big enough. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I have one of those sitting in there and it's just waiting for a movie night or I can just, I won't drink it out of the, the little box, mm-hmm. you know, I w- but I will put it in a mason jar. Well, you know, one of my dream gifts is the actual glass that's shaped like a whole wine bottle. So, you know, I just don't even have to waste time refilling, you know, my glass and I can just, you know, just be efficient and effective. Yeah. I'm still waiting on that wink, wink from anybody. (laughs) Hint, hint. A nice branded. Exactly. Exactly. So, or, or at least a box wine that's like as large as a carry on suitcase. So then you don't have to, you know, it's, it's all about not having to go back and forth. You, you know, you, you know, the type of person you are, you know, you know, it's acceptable. Right. And, 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 and of course, just so you don't disturb your other passengers by hauling it out of the overhead or move while you pull it out from beneath your seat, you know, there there should just be a handy dandy straw that unhooks and nobody, Everybody's bothered. Yeah. Everybody's happy. You can even go right under your mask, you know? So you That's keep, right. you're keeping yourself <laughs> safe. You're keeping everyone safe. And, you know, you're spreading joy all over the place. <laughs> it's about not being selfish. Yeah, exactly. Trouble. Share the love, share the joy. <laughs> so, Penda, that being said, I think we should jump right into the Snyder Cut. What do you think? Go for it. All right. So... I know that you had an opportunity to watch the theatrical version, uh, but recently I sat down and, you know, the, um, and take, took a look at the omnipotent Snyder cut. And some of, and so I took the opportunity to break down some of the biggest differences between the theatrical release and Snyder's vision come to life. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. And, uh, but the the most interesting thing I found overall was that anyone who was expecting a completely different movie will be highly disappointed. There was some enhancements. There were some uh, 
things that were taken out, some, you know, uh, characters who were definitely expanded upon and some themes that were addressed. But overall, it was the same movie, Penda. Okay. I, I, I managed to catch a few people's um, reviews because there are some people that needed to, needed to watch it the very, very second it dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you able to catch it all in one sitting or did you break it up? Oh, no, I, I sat through the whole thing. Um, it, it, it was, and to be fair, it did not feel like a four hour experience. However, <laughs> I was, I was like, this story still should have been able to be told in, in a little over two hours, you know? Okay. There was a lot of filler in, in, in that, in that movie, in my opinion. So I'll just break it down yes. to some of the biggest differences I found. And, 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 you know, if we were going to do a three hour podcast, I could break down every single one, but you know, for the, the purposes of time uh, and not wanting to this to be a legitimate Snyder cut uh, broadcast, <laughs> let's talk about Zack Snyder's major differences. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. So, uh, first off, the the biggest differences that I noticed were, of course, we talked about the four hours plus runtime. You know, the original was kept to two hours, and this one was a little over four hours. Um, during that, after that, they actually had a brand new intro to it. So, uh, as opposed to that stupid little criminal scene where Batman, you know, captures this random guy and hangs him from the roof. Um, it's completely replaced with, um, directly, uh, picking up right at the end of Batman v Superman, where Superman is killed. Um, and basically his death screams, uh, reverberate through the entire, I say DCEU world because it hit the sea where the, uh, where Aquaman and, and, the, and, then, and then it hit all the way over to the Amazons where you just felt, you know, felt the flow of his loss. And that's actually what's the catalyst for activating the mother boxes. So I did like that. So and what they also did was they broke the, the movie up into five different separate segments. So you get this like black screen and then it's like part one, you know, don't even think about it, Batman. And then part two and so on and so forth. So you get these like little mini movies all into this four hour movie. Um, so, you know, I did uh, enjoy that. It gives you a little breather to, you know, and, and gives a theme to each one of the, the sections of the movie. So we can, all, and then we can jump into Stephen Wolf. So Stephen Wolf actually gets a backstory in this version of the movie. Um, he gets, oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't just show up. No, he, he just doesn't. doesn't do- no, he, 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 he doesn't just show up. He, from Superman's screams, it kind of like notifies him like, oh yes, you know, it looks like earth is vulnerable. You know, let's go there. This is, this, is, this should be fun. You know? So he gets, he gets an interesting backstory where at, they indicate, they, they uh, kind of insinuate that he betrayed dark side, which by the way, I get to dark side's introduction later. But he he betrays Darkseid and he's kind of banished to conquering these outlier worlds. And but his real motivation is to get home and basically get his redemption, um, albeit evil redemption, but redemption nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they actually changed his uh, physical design as well. 
I'm not going to say it was for the better, honestly. It was just different. And and it was in the sense, uh, Penda, that he was really sharp. You'd have to really see it. It's like his whole body was made out of little blades. It definitely made him look more dangerous. However, it didn't make him look any less CG'd. <laughs> so, you know. I guess there was, there, was only, there was only so much he could do. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know if that was, you know, Zach's original uh, vision for him, but there was a, a lot of sharpness going on. It was a, like that guy really looked like he could hurt somebody and he was super shiny. So you know, <laughs> he was really pokey. <laughs> really, really. So um, uh, one of the things I really did like um, that was different was when you get into the 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 world of the Amazons when the first mother, mother boxes activated. And, you know, Stephen Wolf uh, arrives and, you know, the Amazons are ready for him. There is one scene where he comes down and he is a, a seriously more menacing in this. Um, you get a sense that they are in danger. And he makes this statement like, and I'm going to, you know, do the voice. Show me your fear. So. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing that all week. So. <laughs> So the queen of the Amazons, you know, Wonder Woman's mother, she says, warriors, show him your fear. And they say, boo, boo, we have no fear. And I was like, oh, now I'm, I'm, I'm in the movie now. It's about to be some action. So <laughs> the, the buildup was really, you know, there. But, the, you know, for the most part, the original scene was still there. The Amazons trying to keep the mother box away. And, you know, eventually, you know, he succeeds because he has to, you know. Um, so just jumping into some characters, for instance, Aquaman, uh, he was, he was, uh, portrayed as a more serious character, you know, in the theatrical release, he was kind of a surfer boy, but, um, he actually had a more serious demeanor. He was more of a loner, not really trusting anybody, um, in this and they sang this uh you know that scene where he actually rescued people and batman um went to this nordic village to try to find out who he was and so on and so forth um it seems like they they expanded on that a little more and th- but they had this really weird time where it broke off i guess they worship him as a god because he took his you know his shirt off Okay. And <laughs> like ding 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 ding. And and he goes into the sea, but then it's to the backdrop of this again, my personal opinion, longer than necessary Nordic song. Um and and some woman smelling his shirt for some reason. I I, I that was it was all very weird. <laughs> but you know, hey, that's that's great. But he for the most part, he was a more serious character. He 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 seemed like he had a lot to to lose it. You know, he had a lot of uh, interesting development that they didn't uh, account for in the first movie. Um, the same with Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg, actually, that was the most changes. Uh, the most changes from the original to the Snyder Cut were attributed to him. They gave him a whole robust background. Um, they gave him a dynamic between him and his father, a complicated relationship. Uh, they also uh, t- talked about what happened with his mother, his his high school career. It was really, and he got, and he also got one of the uh, f bombs in in the um, 
in the movie as well. <laughs> just, you know, just so you know, they, they even gave him an F-bomb. So, uh, you know, Cyborg was really well done. Uh, they really expanded on his character. They really made you care about his character. And he was, he acted almost as a, a great introduction to to the universe for anybody who maybe didn't see that Batman v Superman or Man of Steel or any of those from, from, uh, you know, these movies prior. So I did really enjoy that, that dynamic, especially from uh, his father and their relationship. There's one scene, I I think that you, one, one theme that was in this movie that I think you might enjoy if you uh, sit down and watch it. And I just call it father twice over. And so I, I did enjoy that. Um, let's see here. More characters. You got Batman. Now, I told you when we had our last uh, uh, podcast that I one of the problems I really had with uh, Batman in the theatrical version was that they were almost, you know, trying to make him snippy and, you know, uh, just, you know, with the times and, you know, with the snappy comebacks and so on and so forth. But uh, that that's never been any Batman that I've ever really been exposed to, I guess, since the 70s Batman. And that's <laughs> not really what the, the and especially it wasn't consistent with Snyder's introductions, you know, to Batman v Superman. He was super serious. He had a lot to in his mind to lose. He had a point of view, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. He was a stickler for that. And they, and they circled back back to that instead of, you know, just making him snarky, you know? So, you know, but most of, most of the, the character development was still the same. He was still searching for redemption, feeling bad about, you know, what he did to Superman or, you know, being one of the contributors to his downfall. So, you know, that guilt was still there, but, um, that, that, uh, I did enjoy them, you know, bringing that back to, you know, the, the Batman, at least that we're all familiar with, because I, I, I did like Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman. I wasn't a fan of Batman v Superman as a movie, but I was very impressed with his portrayal as Batman. So, um, then, okay. That takes us to the flash who's still super cute, by the way. Just <laughs> you just want to take him home. Just, I want to rub him and hug him and love him forever. So, he has some more milk. Can I get you some more milk? Yeah, you know, just, oh, and he, he's just, he's got more adorableness, right? So, <laughs> the, you know, his backstory was, for the most part, it kind of established, like, you know, he's this young kid, you know, who's working to get his dad, or, or at least, you know, help his dad for a murder that, of his mom that he knows his dad didn't commit. So all of that was addressed in the theatrical version, but um, they expand a little more on him going to a job interview at a pet shop uh, and it, and him meeting a young lady in during that time, kind of cross paths paths. And then, you know, you get a demonstration of really how fast he's able to go when they, you know, introduce him. Like he does this super cool scene where you see him putting his finger like right through the glass and you see the glass shattering, but everything's happening in slow motion. And let's put it this way. He had enough time to get a hot dog and feed some puppies. And it just made him just super, super duper more <laughs> cute. Like I couldn't love you any more than I already do, you cutie pie. So... <laughs> And then, you know, you also have our, you know, one and only Wonder Woman who, you know, most of her scenes were uh, uh, the same. However, they gave her the 
task of discovering the secret of the mother box and being introduced to this huge threat uh, when she goes into the Amazonian temple after, you know, the Amazons face off with uh, Steppenwolf the first time and they fire off the, the giant um, arrow and light up, you know, uh, the, the temple, which notifies Diana of danger in the first place. So she actually travels, and this is different from the theatrical version. She travels to the Amazonian temple. She reads all of these uh, depictions on the wall about the dangers um, uh, that, you know, Darkseid presented when he first came. That that was expanded upon the fight with the gods who teamed up with uh, the Atlanteans and the Amazonians to kind of stop Darkseid in the first place. So it wasn't Steppenwolf that they stopped, like the theatrical version. It was Darkseid. So they gave her that. They also, um, they also during the terrorist scene, they expanded on that a little bit. And instead of like everything being kind of slow motion, they really sped it up, like showing you how she blocked every one of those bullets from an automatic weapon. Um, and it wasn't so many, you know, kind of sexualized shots, concentrating on trying to make her look sexy. They were really concentrating on making her look strong. Um, one of the things I that was super weird to me, though, it was like every time they had like Wonder Woman, almost every time they had Wonder Woman or the Amazons on uh, on the screen, they played this really weird Xena ripoff music, and it was just <laughs> overdone. It was like, oh, it's and it's like, oh, okay. I mean, we get it. It's you know, it's ethereal. It's uh, you know. We, we get it. Thanks. We're in Amazon territory. Thanks. And, and for Superman, uh, uh, one of the biggest changes is they use the black suit that's in the comic books, uh, when he comes back and thank you. Good people. Thank you. God, no weird, invisible mustache lip scene. They reshot all of that and he has his natural facial features. He doesn't have that rubbery, weird upper lip thing going on anymore. So that, you know, it, it was cool. Super cool. So it's it's still a lot. Um, and plot wise, you know, there's, you know, one of the major conflicts in the theatrical version was uh, the conflict between Wonder Woman and Batman deciding whether or not they were going to bring Superman back. That didn't really happen in this version. They kind of cut that part out. Um, they kind of replaced it more so with uh, the mother boxes trying to communicate with Cyborg, kind of, um, you know, warning him about this dystopian future if we go down this path, like of bringing Superman back. And um, it, it was, you know, really interesting. And like I said, they gave Cyborg a lot more to do in this movie. And, and some, and some of the biggest questions that, you know, they, one of the biggest things about the Zack Snyder uh, movie is he left a lot of things open-ended. And I think he did that on purpose, uh, personally. Like, for instance, there's so many different questions. Like, you know, you see a pregnancy test in in, uh, Lois Lane's uh, drawer, um, and they're like, hey, is she preggers? Find out on the next movie if there is one. You know, <laughs> then you have the introduction of these new characters like Ryan Choi, who is supposed to be, you know, he's actually the Adam uh, version of the Adam in the comic books, but 
um, they actually turn over Star Labs and the movie over to Ryan Choi. We get a brief introduction to him, but you know, of course, they want to leave you wanting more. Will we see more of this guy? Will there be an Adam movie? We don't know. Then they bring in Martian Manhunter. Like, I don't really know why they brought in Martian Manhunter, except for the the expectation of making another movie. It's like they it's really it, it's in my personal opinion, oh, and, and let's not forget um, you know, the introduction of Darkseid, really Thanos-esque in my opinion, but you know, hey, I can't knock them is better than what we got originally. And then this whole 30 minute dystopian analog that we get at the end that, um, you know, has, uh, you know, Batman and, and the Joker and a couple of other characters that, you know, uh, are going through this, this Mad Max Thunderdome looking future that, that looks like dark side one. And it turns out, you know, and Superman is their greatest enemy, but it's a nightmare. So is that the, uh, the future or is that just Batman's dystopian nightmare? We don't know, you know, but overall, in my personal opinion, this all wraps up into this movie not necessarily being Zack Snyder's magnum opus so much as it's a love letter to the fans and kind of a, you know, hey, studio execs, see what I can do. If we can get enough fans to get uh, force you guys to release the Snyder Cut, maybe we can get enough fans to say, hey, let's, let's not make this the DCEU. Let's make it the Snyder U. So those are all the differences that I was able to find um, in the the on the Snyder Cut version versus the the theatrical version. So if any of you have uh, any ones that I possibly missed, please feel free to comment and you know contact us at, of, about anything that I may have missed watching this grandiose uh, movie. <laughs> I I recall reading when there when the you know the the, the great dissertation um, happened after the release how the you know the women were expanded upon and made three dimensional how cyborg you know and and even even in the original movie and when you're talking about you know the mother boxes and cyborg it seemed like he would be a focus of this movie. But it was handled so ham-handedly, you know, we didn't know how. I mean, we knew he had components made from it, but we didn't know how they communicated. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I was able to read that as problematic as, 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 as Whedon is, that it really came through when you could compare the two versions because Cyborg got more time and, and a more robust backstory. And all of the women characters, not just Wonder Woman, but Lois Lane... You know, it, it, you know, she wasn't some, you know, wilting violet or, you know, you know, continuing to carry a torch. And, you know, the the weird scene with 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 this with uh, Clark's mother, you know, losing the farm. And yeah, all yeah. of it was I mean, all of the conflict seemed kind of forced. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. She did and, lose and, her house in this one, in this in this uh, version as well. And all I could think mm-hmm. of was save Martha's house. right right. (laughs) so i mean i'm glad to hear that that everyone was able to i mean i I, again i I haven't seen it i i I do plan on watching it uh sometime very soon i i don't know if it needed to be four hours 
but I am excited that, you know, all of the stuff that people pretty much complained about from the original version were actually had always been a part of Zack Snyder's vision, you know, with the exception of, you know, the, the, the mustache, (laughs) which which sounds like some studio pissing contest, you know, it's like, who can, who can make, you know, what studio can make the other one blink first? And they're like, we'll show you, we'll just erase it. And it's like, this looks like hot ass. Come on. (laughs) I was like, what is that? What is this? Okay. So that's good. I wanted to see his nose. I was like, when I saw his lip at first, I didn't notice. And then it was pointed out to me. And then I was like, I could never unsee it again. And I was like, delete that footage. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, that sounds like a, that sounds like a rousing, a rousing recommendation. It it is on my list of, of movies that I want to catch now that, you know, at at the very least to, to cleanse the palate of the, of the Whedon version. And I have no doubt that the way Snyder had maybe originally wanted to shoot this would have set up, you know, possible, a possible expanded universe that was not able to happen because uh, the justice league was just poor. So poorly received. No one expected any, because that was before wonder woman. That was before Aquaman. And it was so poorly received. No one had any faith that either of those movies was, you know, was going to be any good. Um, Fortunately, that was, that was more or less proven wrong. Wonder Woman was fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, Aquaman was just campy eye candy, and I still loved it. Um, but, I, you know, and I think at, at the very least, it just proves that even if you have a popular director, you know, and Wadden, Whedon is popular, you know, he's 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 a script doctor, and, you know, he's responsible for, for Buffy and Angel, and um, I can't think of the, the series that I watched. Dollhouse. Was it Dollhouse? Yeah. I wanted to say welcome to the Dollhouse, and I'm almost sure that that is actually another indie flick. But yes, Dollhouse, which I enjoyed. Um, Yeah, regardless of what you think about the guy, he makes um, some excellent, you know, work. He He makes some excellent content out there. Yep. I mean, even even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is is a fun watch. Agent Carter is a fun watch. Um, It's just that there's so much wrong. There was so much wrong with, um, with Justice League. You know, and fortunately, the guy was still able to find work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm glad that it's been remedied, and hopefully that opens the door for 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 more properties to hit. I mean, we still – I mean, I've been watching Legends of – what is it? Legends of the – what is it? Uh, that, that, I can see how I'm so on top of all of this cool stuff the kids are watching. Um, <laughs> the, the DC Universe that's on CW. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. You got – uh, yeah. Which one? The Flash. You have, um, you have Black the Flash, Black. but you also have. Uh, I can't. I, I Legends of Springing Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Is it Legends that's of Tomorrow? It. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So I haven't I mean, watched I'm, any of those. Unfortunately, maybe that's something I have to commit to to sit down and watch those on, on there. I did watch Black Lightning because it was on. Uh, it was yep. on Netflix. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Um, Black Lightning is fun to watch. It's on Netflix and I think it's coming back to CW as well. Legends of Tomorrow has, um, um, Brandon Routh who plays Superman and other versions in the DC, um, plays, plays Ray, plays the Ray, plays the Adam in, um, Legends of Tomorrow. Nice. Um, I just, I just, I just like watching him. I think he's pretty. He's just (laughs) like, you're pretty. I like you. (laughs) 
he was at Motor City Comic Con about two years ago, and I couldn't get anywhere near him, but we would just camp out. It's like, he is so Like, you're so pretty. He had he had the long hair and the t-shirt, and Fritz, like, you're pretty. I love it. And that's my objectification of- Right, of, uh, right. You know, for the day. Right, right. Like- uh, <laughs> Okay, that, that's, that's no good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All of those personal protection orders have expired. <laughs> Cheers to PPO expirations. Yeah. <laughs> so while you were enjoying a four-hour movie. What were you? And I'm glad to? which I which 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 I'm I'm glad turned out well because we were all kind of afraid. Yeah, you know? we were. Is it enough to it's save the universe? Don't know. My money's on probably not. Probably not. There's been so much damage done to to the DCEU that it's really um, that that one movie is not going to save it. It's no. going to take it's going to take faith and faith from the fans and faith from the studios, and then these properties in the hands of competent writers and directors. Um, you, they're never going to reach Marvel level. They're oh, just no, not. No. But but I will say this, Penda. They have some, like you were saying earlier, they have some excellent standalone movies. You know, like for instance, you mentioned Wonder Woman, and of course, Aquaman was super fun. But you know, I saw Shazam. I was really not expecting a lot out of Shazam. Shazam is was a super fun movie. I really enjoyed it. And if they and they made this may be the path of redemption for for DC, you know, br- bring all of these different individuals and visions in and have these standalone movies and then try to maybe craft something of continuity out of that instead of trying yeah. to reverse engineer Marvel. They may have a shot if they keep the momentum going in that direction. No, well, good luck to them. Good luck to you. <laughs> good you luck don't get paid either way, bridges. so. <laughs> No, 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 but good luck to them and, and good luck to the, I mean, really the, you know, the fans kind of suffer with this too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, and you know, I, I sort of question the, the entitlement that some fans have. We wanted, we wanted to see what Snyder's vision would have been. And we don't, we, we may never know if it was already in the works because of, of conversations that may have already been ongoing, um, but I'm really, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with putting the fans in charge of what movies do and don't get made. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable with, with, with that whole aspect of, I mean, you're a fan and you enjoy it, but you don't have, you don't really have a say in what does or doesn't get made. You know, you know, it, being a fan doesn't entitle you to a seat at the table. You know, and if you choose to not be a fan anymore, that's fine. You can take your money elsewhere. Um, but I, I, I always worry about that toxic fandom that we hear so much about. And this was a big part of it um, because they really were given the idea that they made this happen. And look what we did. And we're powerful. And nah, maybe not so much. You know, again, this may have already been in the works because of the way the original did. So I, I, w- I would caution I would caution fans to not demand this sort of fealty from from production companies from from writers from directors from actors um they honestly don't owe you anything but a good time and and solid entertainment but i don't think anyone should be given the idea that a fan with their seven ten dollar ticket um should be allowed to dictate um you know 
future movies. I mean, Marvel's done fine for itself, but Marvel's been planning this for for 20 years. Um, They already had their timeline set up. Uh, And even movies that didn't do so well, they're like, well, that's okay because we have other movies in the pipeline. I don't want DC to get the idea that, and I don't want fans of, uh, of DCEU to get the idea that this is what, this is what should be expected from now on that when fans, you know, snap their fingers, studios jump. So, I mean, I'm glad it got made. I'm glad it's going over very well. I'm glad Zach was able to bring his vision to the screen. Um, I just want, you know, people who need to take a little step back, you know, applaud what happened, be happy that it happened. And then um, sit patiently and wait for the next big thing. I mean, you know what? I, I definitely agree with you in most of the aspects of that. And I think that would be a great opportunity for us to maybe turn that into a future segment because I would like to have a debate regarding, um, you know, fandom versus fandom toxicity, you know, because I kind of drop in on the other end of that debate um, because I've, I've, I've seriously seen, you know, what happens when you kind of thumb your nose at the fandom where you've built these expectations and, and then you kind of deliver something that is told that totally doesn't make sense and totally goes against everything that you've provided to the fandom versus, you know, with continuity and themes wise, I am talking to you D and D. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I've personally seen where uh, the fans, kind of, you know, they, they actually got involved and actually made a movie better. Um, I'll give you a prime example. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the original trailer was released and I can't remember the, you know, the exact year, but I think uh, the when the original uh, trailer was released, they showed this creature that could only be described as furry nightmare fuel with human teeth. And it was the most disturbing thing that I'd ever seen. And, you know, the fans, you know, via social media kind of got involved and, you know, they pushed the movie back to some opportunities to redesign this character, which is Sonic. And they actually, you know, presented a character which was, you know, was faces, you know, cute as opposed to the, the vicious, horrid, human teeth like monstrosity that they were originally planning to bring out and it actually enhanced the movie. So I think that would be a great opportunity for us to, you know, sit down in a future segment and say, you know, fan zoo, fan do. <laughs> I will make a note. Nice. So that being said, I hear you've been up to stuff. Uh, what stuff have you been up to? I have been up to all sorts of, all sorts of shenanigans. You know, up to my neck and and I don't want to say up to my neck and the dickens. No, no. (laughs) I'll drink to that. (laughs) Um, Two weeks ago, uh, South by Southwest was virtual and South by Southwest is a is a it's a large festival and it's more than films. Um, It's it is music. It is it is tech conferences. It is an education conference. It's like six weeks of of conferences and they appeal to a wide range of people uh as a film reviewer i am you know very highly vested in the film portion of south by southwest and that took place 16th 17th and 18th it was three days um last week as of this taping and it was um it was a lot and 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 i and it's funny i can say that you know i had to work at job prime so i wasn't able to sit and, and watch movies 
you know, for 12 hours a day, like I would have been able to do were I actually in Austin. Uh, but I chose 10 movies or 11 movies that I wanted to see. I was able to watch seven of those. So I wrote reviews on seven of those of those movies. Um, it's which is still a lot. It's that seven movies. It's seven movies in three days. Yeah, and you know, with the with the review turnaround turnaround time on top of that. So I saw so the highlights from South by Southwest are. I'm getting the mic screen. There we are. So I saw things like I saw a fantastic documentary called We Work. Uh, we Work is. Um, you you'll see them and they're in major most major cities, but they're 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 co-sharing, they're co-office spaces. So you can rent a little bit of space for your for your very small company if you can't rent like an entire office in a downtown, but you want a downtown address, you can do this WeWork, which is office office sharing, and that way you are all sort of sharing in the rent of of, of a space and you get access to like, you know, a kitchen area or a cafeteria, you get access to the Wi-Fi conference rooms, things like that. So we work when we work started, um, had this broad community appeal, you know, if we can get together as a community, we can work together. And it turns out that the that the the CEO and the founder of this company was just a, an, an incredible megalomaniac. And while the office sharing spaces were working, he had larger ideas in mind of what else he wanted to do. He actually had a pilot program called We Live, uh, which was, you know, where they would renovate office, you know, apartment high rises. They would, they would build them and you would get like 300 square feet, you know, but it was like communal living sort of, which I, I think for millennials, I, you know, we work was sort of geared towards, millennials who did not feel like and and tech people so these are these are smart people these are people with money these are entrepreneurs they have you know they have a little bit of access to some venture capital um, capital money and 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 some millennials because they're 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 post gen x you know when granted we have our own issues um and they're before generation and generation z and so they're a little you know they're they're a little adrift you know they're they're not the latchkey kids. They're shuttled around from activity to activity. Um, so they're, they're, they're a little bit adrift. And we work was able and we live. And then there was going to be a we learn for your kids to be indoctrinated into this whole weird program. Uh, Ooh, sounds like a week. So, it, yes, it's exactly right. It, and it reminds me of a lot of, you know, of, of, of the rather large, uh, company conglomerate that's that's in currently uh, downtown Detroit. That's the same type of atmosphere. So, um, but the culmination of WeWork for this particular documentary was how it became valued at forty seven billion dollars and within six weeks was bankrupt. Um, so it it talked. So I mean, it's it's going to be on Hulu. It's it's going to drop on Hulu. Nice. It's a fantastic documentary to watch because it's fascinating to see how how you can talk your way into a lot of money. And then how you can basically, you know, believe your own press and then and then ignore people who have a little more smarts than you do uh, when it comes to like the business aspect. So it's a, you know, I highly recommend WeWork. It's it's called um, WeWork or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. And, and that drops on Hulu in April. Nice. So that one got a big thumbs up for me. Um, an, um, Amazon prime is dropping also in April. I think it's in April. Um, a series and a horror anthology 
series called, not anthology, it's not really, I think it's going to be more set up like um, American Horror Story, or every season will be a different story. So, you know, don't get too attached to these folks, because <laughs> in 13 episodes, you're going to get somebody new. Right. Um, but Amazon, it's it's called Them. And this this month, this time around, they were they were going to talk about um, the the nightmare side of of the American dream. This season of them centers around the Emerys, who are part of the great migration of Black Americans moving from the Jim Crow South in, in the 1950s in the mid 1950s, and they're all heading west for the opportunities in, in Silicon Valley um, and and all the opportunities that. California represents. Uh-huh. So you have this black family that's moving into East Compton, California. So it's a, an all white neighborhood. So already you can understand the tensions that are happening because, um, you know, Henry is very into this. He's like, this is a new life. You know, he's an engineer. So he has money. He has, you know, and, and you know, a, what he has a good paying job. Um, his wife is a homemaker. Their two kids are being integrated into their schools. Um, the, his wife, Luck, is a little more apprehensive because she has experienced what it's like to be targeted uh, as a black woman in an area where you're not necessarily welcome. And they're not welcome in East Compton. Mm. But due to the atmosphere, and we've all experienced this, where where your your white community is too, they're trying to be too polite by telling you outright just to leave. So they just make it difficult for you and and they gaslight you into basically picking up and leaving. So we were given a two episode preview of them, which was it's terrifying to watch as a black American because you recognize all of what's happening. Um, And then there's a supernatural element too. little Ruby has um, an imaginary friend called Miss Vera out of one of her very thick readers. And Miss Vera is this terrifying supernatural presence that has now taken over uh, this nice house in East Compton. So you, so they're dealing with the the crazy neighbors, who was um, led by uh, Betsy, played by Allison Pill, who's a fantastic actress, Um, and she's the one that's trying to get you know the black people out of her neighborhood. And this used to be a nice neighborhood, and I don't understand why they're allowed to live here. I think it used to be a covenant neighborhood but then the supreme court struck that down so they weren't allowed to have those anymore um but all of it, it it's it's a terrifying it's a, it's a terrifying series again we were given a two episode um <laughs> wham <laughs> we were given a two episode preview i want to get the the names right because like i don't want to just mention allison pill because she is fantastic um but we also have deborah Irende. Ashley Thomas plays Henry. Melody Hurd is Gracie, not Ruby. But there is a Ruby. She's played by Shahadi Wright Joseph, who was in Us. She played the she played the sister. She played the girl in Us. So let me ask you. Yes. Because this seems a little familiar, and I'm I may be mixing some stuff up because you know I'm just hearing about these these interesting things that's coming out. But are these is this is since it's called them, I'm getting us vibes. It's not that you're getting us vibes. That is likely a marketing ploy, and people are drawing that line between us and them, and they're making it. They're making it something that it may not necessarily be. Gotcha. Um, because us also deals with, you know, it, it's black horror is black American history. So um, you know, with get out and then us, and now we have them. Um, there, there is, there is this otherness 
that you know black americans have been experiencing since since post jim crow since post you know even post civil civil rights um and it's not i don't think it's aimed at being a political film mm-hmm. or politically charged where people are going to be like you know you're playing the race card how many stories about black americans do we actually see where we're dealing with a middle class you know, that's not the that we're dealing with a middle class black American family that's dealing with this racism. If you really wanted to draw a a stronger line, you might want to compare it to Lovecraft Country. One of my that, favorite series on HBO, by the way. So good. So you, you so you might want to compare you might want to think more Lovecraft Country and less us. Gotcha. Uh, when you sit down and watch this and this it's not going to be for everyone. You know, Luck and Henry are, are both dealing with PTSD. Um, on their own level, as well as trying to blend in and integrate with their new community that has, that really wants nothing to do with them. So uh, that was a, that was, it was a hard watch, but I'm glad I got a chance to watch it. And I'm looking to see when this drops, this drops um, April 9th on Amazon prime. It is an Amazon prime original. We've got Alison Pill, Ashley Thomas, Deborah Arende, uh, Melody Hurd and Shahadi Wright Joseph. Um, it's directed by Little Marvin. Uh, he's one of the directors. He's also one of the producers. This is this is his baby. Then there are going to be, I believe, ten episodes oh, for this season, nice. and then next season there will be. I think it's already been. I don't know if it's already been renewed, but I know it's going to go at least three seasons. So that sounds that was really super, interesting. That was super fun to watch. Um, and then there were some other. There were some. Uh, you know, I I wanted to do the Midnighters track, so I got Jacob's Wife, which stars Barbara Crampton, who's um, a scream queen from way back. Um, scream queen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's a scream queen from way back. She plays a pastor's wife who uh, is accidentally, um, she's actually, who's bit by a vampire in their little small town. And while she's trying, she's, she's, she wants to live up to, or she's been living in the shadow of her pastor husband, who's been big on, you know, honor your wife because she's the best thing that ever happened to you. But at the same time, he talks over her, he ignores her, he pretty much dismisses her, and then she becomes much more powerful. And so there becomes this balance of who really has the power in this relationship. And, you know, are you, is he going to be able to keep his wife? How much does he love his wife and how far is he willing to go to save her when she quite frankly, quite frankly, may not even need saving at this point. So that was fun to watch as a Travis Stevens movie. Travis, Travis Stevens movie. Travis Stevens also gave us Girl on the Third Floor, which is was a South by Southwest movie two years ago. Oh. Uh, and I believe that is currently on Shutter. Um, there's uh, and then one other film that I saw. Uh, that I wasn't, which wasn't my favorite, was called Violation. Um, and it's a, it's a sort of what they're calling a reverse rape revenge, where something terrible happens to the main character, but instead of focusing on that horrible act, we're actually focused on the steps she takes to bring retribution to those that harmed her. And I think that as a hour and 47 minute movie, I think it really could have been a 20 minute short. So... <laughs> Sounds like right, right. <laughs> Sounds like promising young woman did it better. Promising young woman did it much better. Absolutely. So I, you know, all those are up on those are all those are up on the website. The ones that I did, as well as my you know cohorts. Um, so it was it was it was an experience. It was a lot of movies to watch in a short period of time. Um, but I'm happy that I was able to participate in that. And hopefully next year we'll be back in Austin. Um, where I'll be running physically from theater to theater, usually by uh, like a jump scooter 
or a mogo from one place to another <laughs> to catch all these movies and then rushing home and then writing up the previews and the reviews before crashing and starting all over again the next morning. Right, right. To uh, hopefully next year, you know, everything is, you know, we get back to some semblance of normalcy and then, yes. you know, we can maybe get some interview and some footage from you in Austin, maybe fingers crossed. That'll be, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That'll be do some do some live. Here I am. Here I am. And Austin's a great city. You know, <laughs> it's a weird city, but it's a great city. Everyone yeah, what's, go what's their motto? Uh, it's great to be weird or something like that. Keep, keep Austin weird. Nice. Yeah, I'm so, all for weird. I'm I'm I'm, I'm all for weird. weird. Yeah. You know, the weirder the it's better. Easy to feel, it's easy to feel nice and comfortable in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere like that. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I wanted to see 11. Time would not allow that um, because we only had until a certain day to watch those films before they expired for us. Right. So I got through my seven. I wrote up my seven or eight. Um, and it's honestly, it's, you know, I, I wish I could have I wish I could have seen more. I wish, I wish I would have taken those three days off and just watched movies for 12 hours a day. Yeah. But no one has the time for that. Even my husband would have been like, do you, do you really need to, are you in there again? You know? <laughs> He'll say, I haven't seen you in days. Uh, let me know you're alive. Pull, <laughs> pull the string, ring this bell outside of your bedroom. And let me know you're alive outside of your studio. Send me a text. Yeah. Whatever. There's, there's one more, um, there was one more documentary um, that was on British folk horror. And I'm, unfortunately, I, I think I, I may have accidentally um, stuck it in a draft folder uh, on that website, but it was a, it was a three hour documentary on, um, on British folk horror and it was extensive and it was. Um, British folk horror? British folk horror. It's not my. It's not my forte, um, but I started paying attention to it, you know, about a year ago. And, you know, when you think of British folk horror, you think like The Wicker Man um, is, is British folk horror. Um, movies like The Witchfinder General, Blood on Satan's Claw. Those are the big three uh, that we hear about when we talk about British folk horror. And I, Woodlands Dark and Deep, Woodlands Dark, excuse me, Woodlands I took all the the articles out of the title so it would fit. <laughs> That's why this makes absolutely this makes absolutely no no of course not. I want to say okay, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched is the name of it, but it's a history nice. of British folklore, and yeah, we'll fix that. Um, but again, that was a that was a fantastic three hour documentary. That's extensive. It, they, it, I've I've seen. I've seen people list it. I, there are at least a hundred movies. There may be closer to 200 that they go through. So it's one of those, if you're going to sit down and watch, grab a pen and paper and then write down all the, all the movies that interest you because they touch on everything. Wow. Um, so yeah, that one's, and I, I don't have the review for that one, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and put that one up there um, because it was just, it was just mind blowing. <laughs> And it, it was on, it was one of the midnighters, so it was on at like nine o'clock in the evening. So by 1230, it's like, my eyes are bleeding, but I'm so well in. <laughs> <laughs> More information, it will kill me. <laughs> it's too much, but I don't care. I don't care. So yeah, um, 
It's one and with South by Southwest again. It's whether you're doing it for the music festival or the tech festival or the education festival or any of those conferences. The film conference is is what I'm into, and you know it's it's not a cheap ticket. You know, I, I it's you know I, I want to say for the film platinum pass, it's like a grand. Um, but again, it's 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 four days, four to five days. Actually, I take that back. I think I no, I got there. In 2019, I got there Thursday. Movie started Friday and went through the following Wednesday. So it's a it's a it's an experience. You know, some of your passes get you into every single movie. I mean, where else are you going to go where you're just going to sit and watch movies? You know, from from you know 10 o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the morning the next morning. It's just it's an incredible experience. And you know, if you're credentialed press like I am. Or if, you know, you just happen to have an extra grand laying around for, um, like not me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would, I, I would highly recommend, you know, hopping a plane, getting your ticket, you know, getting your hotel room and just enjoying, just enjoying, you know, beautiful Austin and, and March because it's Texas. Right. You know, it's nice and warm. Just It's not melting weather. Yeah. It's not melting weather. Yeah. I mean, although, you know, the way, you know, the way climate change is happening these days, maybe you'll have snow in 2022. We just don't know anymore. Mm, who how knows? This, how does they this call, call thing it work? Snow summer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, there you go. It's good. It's, 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 it's March, but you know, you get snow in the morning and then, um, lava rain in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Lava, <laughs> lava rain and rock slides, you know, you never mm-hmm. know what you're going to get. It's like, That's right. you know, it's bad when... in the evening. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's bad when it's like every state is turning into Michigan. You know, this is like here in Michigan, we never know what we're going to get, you know. We never know. But we know what we have four seasons. I mean, sometimes we have them all in one day. Right. Well, yeah. You know, we have uh, winter and construction season. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Our two official and four beautiful unofficial. Yeah. And and again, you you can get all of those in in a single day because that's just the glory of living on the Great Lakes. You know, absolutely. Gotta love it. Well, it sounds oh, yeah, like you had a grand adventure, even though it was remote. It still seems super interesting, and 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 the the movies and the series that you introduced us to just you know sound phenomenal. And I'm I'm definitely interested in that documentary, and I really you know want to see them. So you know, uh, thank you so much, Penda, for you know you know introducing everyone to you know, what's it like on the inside of South by Southwest and, you know, uh-huh. some of the phenomenal experiences that you have had. And I, I could, I'm really looking forward to checking some of those titles out. My work here is done. <laughs> Not by long shot, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we have? Well, um, when, you know, usually we get to talking about uh, what we've done new and what we plan to do. So, um, I have no idea what I plan on doing new this week, but I'll tell you what I did. And I checked out uh, the series on Amazon called Invincible. Um, It's an animated series, basically about this teenage kid who finds out that he has superpowers 
And, you know, he's, his dad is like a superpower dad and you get introduced to all of these superheroes in this particular universe. And, but it has a lot of interesting twists. It's, 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 it's very exciting. It, um, is, is, uh, brought to you by the creator of The Walking Dead, as a matter of fact, Robert Kirkman. So we know at least, you know, from the beginning parts of The Walking Dead were super interesting, scary, fun, um, just, you know, a lot of character development and and in the beginning of Walking Dead, at least. And I'm really seeing that in this series. Um, the first three episodes have already been released on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend everyone checking those out because even though I had my suspicions about certain plot points, um, when they happened or if they happened, I was definitely surprised at certain points of, of this show. Um, it's, it's just because it's anime, got to put that disclaimer in there. Animation does not equal for kids by any means, uh, especially with this show. So that, Attack on Titan has entered the chat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 speaking of Attack on Titan, that is one of the, I will say this. That is one of the things I have to take back what I previously said. That's one of the things that I, I'm planning on doing this week because they're in. Um, if I'm not mistaken, their fourth and final season of Attack on Titan. If it hasn't already completed, but if not, I know there's season four. I I remember watching season one of Attack on Titan. Loved it. And then for some reason, I just kind of lost uh, track of it. So I, I said that I'm going to do a rewatch of season one, you know, and of all the seasons, as a matter of fact, and just kind of binge that through uh, through this week and see how it goes. Uh, it, but other than that, that's what I did and plan on doing. How about you, Penda? What do you have? What have you done and what do you plan on doing? Um, Last week, okay, not last week because last week was busy. This morning, um, <laughs> I, I finally managed to catch up on with um, Black Butler. Nice. Black Butler is one of my favorites. I have I've I've cosplayed Grell uh, at conventions. Um, I even have a little tiny because you know Girl carries around a little tiny tiny Sebastian doll. Yes, I yes, have he's one. so in love. What? Yes, I have one. I, I got one specifically for uh, for my costume, uh, hung it off my belt, um, and that, it, it, it's it, it's I'll, I'll I'll put up pictures because it's a it was a lot it was a lot of fun to do. It really was a lot and, and instantly recognizable when you're wearing red and black with the glasses. And I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't carry on a chainsaw because I was in a right, yeah yeah. Home, right, but the yeah. little Sebastian I carried around really really nailed it home. Um, so I was but I was able to catch. Um, I was able to pick up the DVD of Book of Atlantic, nice. uh, which is one of the full um, full OVAs, I believe. Uh, so I watched that this morning, um, and and it's 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 campy, it's funny, it's ridiculous, but it's also there are some parts of it that that are just really really good. We get a lot of we get a fuller backstory of Sebastian and Seal's uh, relationship. We get a fuller backstory of, of Lizzie and Seal's relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, we learn some new things about the undertaker. We learn some new things about the Reapers really? um, and all of this is, and all of this is taking place on a transatlantic uh, Titanic esque ship um, that ends up striking an iceberg. And Oh, by the way, there are, there are, there are zombies in the hold. Fantastic. It sounds campy, but it's super fun, super fun. And uh, I, I think it came out in 2017. Um, but 
Um, I found the Blu-ray DVD um, at, you know, one of my local entertainment stores and I could have waited because Funimation is usually pretty good about picking those up for licensing. They hadn't yet. I checked, so I just went ahead and bought it. So uh, I, I was able to sit down and watch that. But I did check um, the app. Uh, it looks like season four may be released for Attack on Titan. And they do have, I think they have the movies too. They have the live action movie. Wow. For Attack on Titan. So just so you know. Yeah, everything Attack on Titan, everything Attack on Titan. But yeah, you know, I love Black Butler. Um, Yes. You know, everything I can kind of get my hands on on Black Butler. You know, I was kind of introduced to them on Netflix. But the one problem I had, and it's not necessarily about the series. It's about the distribution of it. You don't really know what the continuity is on it. You know, you have these different arcs, you know, and I've, you know, I've seen season one and season two, and then I saw the Black Butler Circus one. And, and it's like, they all seem to be their own different arcs and, you know, their own different endings that are kind of separate and, you know, individualized from each other. Um, You know, there's some major, you know, consistencies that, 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 you know, go through the whole entire, you know, each one of the arcs, but you know, there was one, I think it was season two, and I don't know if they retconned it or what, when, uh, spoiler alert, Cecil got turned into a demon at the end. And then, you know, I, I, I watched the season after that, or, or I'm not sure if it's the season after that, you know, he's back human and <laughs> it's like that season never happened. I was, I was, I was really confused by it. I enjoy it and I will watch it. Like I said, I found the, uh, the circus one on Hulu, watched that and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I guess, you know, it's just a confusing part to me and maybe some other fans out there like, okay, is this a particular order? I had that same difficulty with uh, Full Metal Alchemist, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Full Metal Alchemist, but I'm not sure at all in which order I'm supposed to be watching this stuff in. You know? <laughs> so confusing. I, I and and I think with Black Butler, I, I think I think the manga also jumps around, mm-hmm. and they jump around, and then maybe the manga doesn't jump around, but as they're filming it, they're they're splicing together different um, different different manga to make one complete so i think a lot of it is out of order um i think book of atlantic takes place directly after book of circus um when i don't know if that takes place like after season three because i know there's a whole weird uh seal in wonderland that was just bizarre um i don't think i don't think that takes place in any timeline i think it's just someone was dropping acid and and here we go (laughs) Like, hey, let's throw this up there, you know. Let's do this. <laughs> we we still have ink. Let's make right. this happen. Let's see. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I I was happy to watch. I was happy to watch Book of Atlantic because, like I said, I've been. I, I I mean, if you want to talk about weird, weird, bizarre continuity, then um, the live action Black Butler is is exactly outside of all. I think it takes place more modern. Um, in modern times, but you still have Sebastian and I don't think it's seal. I think it's, um, it's a girl. So he becomes Butler to it, to a chick. I, it's like I said, it's, Oh boy. That's a, that's a ride. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never saw the live action one. Yeah. Funimation has that too. Um, I mean, I, you know, when you want to start comparing your live actions, I haven't seen the live action of Attack on Titan yet, but I was big on, I did see the entire live action Sailor Moon series. So that was fun to watch. Nice. Um, Black Butler is, 
and and Death Note was another one that was made into a live action. And again, those are going to be way down at the bottom of Rush Out and See. Um, but I, I'm happy I was able to watch it, and I'm happy that you know I have it on physical media, and that not a lot of people do that anymore. But you know, I'm old, so I do. <laughs> you're not old stop it <laughs> uh so i i it's it's gone on the shelf and i will i you know every once in a while i'll I'll pull it out for the sake of for the sake of reveling and it, it, i won't make this a spoiler but um the things we find out about lizzie you know the the little blonde that chases after seal yeah we love the her. things we find out about her are amazing oh wow it's 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 worth it just for just for Lizzie's sequence. There. Oh, okay. Taking it so to the I don't. Further. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping they come up with more of these uh, nice. going forward. I don't have anything necessarily new to do. Um, I've got a bunch of movies I have to catch up on for the per- for the purposes of reviewing. Um, I do want to catch the Snyder Cut. Um, I did start watching the Irregulars. That's currently on Netflix, which is a supernatural take. I know the the Irregulars, if you're not familiar with the Sherlock Holmes universe, the Irregulars are the homeless network that Sherlock Holmes uses to help him solve cases. So they can go places because they're mostly invisible being homeless and street people. They can go places that he can't. So this is about um, four teenagers that are homeless in Victorian England, and they're tapped by John Watson to help solve some very odd supernaturally slanted cases mm. um, and it's that's currently airing on netflix i think you can binge the whole thing i got through two and a half episodes um oh, nice so that's I, I don't know if i can recommend it yet i'm waiting for it to really pick up a little bit more yeah um i try to give a a, a, a new series a three episode try before yep. i d- decide whether i Same like here. it or hate it yeah because, you know, Same most here. of the time your pilots are not polished, you know, uh, and they don't really necessarily know what the mission statement of the series is going to be. So I try to give it a, yeah. the three episode try before I decide. Yep. And I think and, and I can't tell if this is aimed towards YA or young adult or not young adult, middle, middle. It's not middle adult. Maybe it is. So there's young adult, and middle adult. This might may be a middle adult type series. Um, I think there is, I think they're allowed one F-bomb per episode. Um, but again, because we're dealing with teenagers um, and, and a very sketchy part of, of London's uh, history that uh, they're, they're treading lightly. There's, there's enough blood. There's no nudity. Uh, there's a lot, but there's, you know, there's swearing and there's, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a lot of blood, a little bit of gore. Um, some, what they call cinematic terrifying images, you know. <laughs> cinematic themes that may that some may find disturbing yeah um disclaimer for everything yeah so i'm going to give it another episode or two before i decide if it's something that i really want to watch but i have a queue i have a queue full of things that i need to just get get off my plate you know i'm still i'm i'm trying to avoid spoilers for season three of umbrella academy because i still haven't seen season two you know it's that's where i am you know, it's like, stop talking about season three. I haven't seen season two yet. <laughs> well, I will say this. Um, I didn't realize that they had started, you know, releasing anything regarding season three yet. Um, wow. So I'm behind on that. Got to start checking out those teasers because season yep. two was phenomenal. And I definitely. But I keep hearing. Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. I know you got a lot in your queue. But um and but 
I highly recommend making that a, a high on your priority list because a season as amazing as season one was, season two just is this space is a banger, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, you get, you, it's a banger, and you get the character development and and a lot of different perspectives for these different characters. So you know, I would uh, I, it's like we, we just. I just chewed through that season, like, you know, within a weekend, like, because I I spend most of the time when it's a series and I've been, and I really enjoy the series, just kind of push through, like if you start watching it at nine o'clock in the morning, I probably won't stop watching it until like midnight period. Like, you know, we'll stop and like do, you know, this trivial things like eat and, you know, (laughs) make, wash your body. But for the most part, you know, all of my attention is focused on, finishing that series nice (laughs) but yeah definitely well it sounds like you know we have a lot on our plate we got it's it's a lot of really good stuff coming down the line um and don't forget um falcon and winter soldier has started um as of this uh recording season two has already dropped uh it was excellent uh, you get introduced to some new characters, you know, don't know how you feel about that in Marvel verse, but um, you know, they're, they're, they're keeping it going. And then after uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're going to be dropping Loki. Um, and uh, hopefully by that time, um, Black Widow will be uh, dropping in theaters as well as Disney plus. Um, and I yeah. think, as of as as of the last news I've heard from you know Marvel and the showrunners and things like that, there will be all of the other Marvel movies will be dropped in the cinema only in the theaters only after Black Widow. But we'll see, you know, how that goes depending on the reception of uh, Black Widow. It might be the new normal dropping stuff um, streaming as well as theaters from now on. But we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, all of this depends on how well we how well we deal with it. Um, and I know people are, make sure that people are getting your vaccine. I mean, it's a scary time for all of us. I had my first shot last week and I'm still waiting for my tail. So we shall Congratulations. see. Thank you. Yeah, that was, was pretty nice. And it didn't, I mean, people, it, my arm was sore for a few days, but I've had the flu shot and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't, I, I got a, I got a minor headache, but I, I always get, it's springtime. It's springtime in Michigan. I'm going to have a headache until May. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> duh is uh, allergy, sinuses, everything's attacking our heads right now. Um, I'm looking at Black Widow, and Black Widow is now releasing July 9th. So no, yeah, I think that's around the time Loki is going to be, or at least it's going to overlap Loki's episodes. Yeah, so as long as everyone, you know, as long as everyone can 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 get their shots and everything can open safely, and we're not experiencing any spikes. Um, you know, I will feel much more comfortable going into a theater in July. You know, if we get a vaccination rate of about 55, 60%, I'm all for it. I would love to see these in the, in the, in the theater. Um, I just can't trust these people right now. <laughs> I can't trust you. <laughs> please give me, please give me some good faith, but I carry around my card with me. It's like, yep, yeah, I got my shot. The trust has been, the trust has been broken, but I, 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 you know, whatever side you come out on, on this vaccination issue, I personally believe that um, if these bars open up, they should they should do a shot for a shot. So if you want people to take the shots, offer them a shot. I think you get right. a lot for a reception. 
Just make, it, oh, a, make it a, bu- a a booze crawl. Like you, it's like show your vax card. <laughs> shots it. for shots. Oh, shots, 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 Because Krispy Kreme is doing it. Yeah, I heard about that donuts, right? You can you can go in every every time you go in. I think I I had heard it was like once a day, but I guess it's every time you wander into a Krispy Kreme, you win show your vaccination card. You can get one. There is one up the street from me. I'm I'm one of the I'm I'm blessed to be within within blocks of a Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. So show off. Like it's like I can take my walk. You know, I go on my long four mile walk. I'll just swing my Krispy Kreme. Nice. I'm getting my exercise and I'm getting my reward for being a responsible citizen. So, right. And 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 if everything goes well and everyone gets their shots, we won't have to worry about dying from anything other than diabetes and alcohol poisoning. <laughs> The way God intended. Exactly. <laughs> well, on that note, we don't have any closing music. Yeah. Well, again, everyone, thank you so much for joining, listening to these two Freuleins rant on about the stuff that we like and the stuff that hopefully you like too. And until next time, up, up and away. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll fix we'll, it we'll in post. post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>